Hello and welcome to episode 220 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Group 2 Lily Langtree Stakes and the ultra-competitive Stewards Cup Handicap are the feature races on the final day of Glorious Goodwood 2023. Once again, City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's action at Glorious Goodwood. So we've got one final day of Glorious Goodwood to come on Saturday. And there are four TV races, ITV covering the first four, which is what we'll look at in this podcast this uh, afternoon, this morning, whenever you listen to it around the globe. Thanks for joining us. But before we uh, have a quick look at Saturday, let's have a look back to the Blue Rose Sen race in the Nassau Stakes. Uh, disappointments all round, really, Bill. Blue Rose Sen had the door closed in a face. Ryan Moore very cleverly went for the cutaway. He was out in front. He dominated the pace. And as soon as the French jockey decided to go for that cutaway, which was clearly his uh, option all the way along, there was nowhere to go and she got caught. And in the end, she got beat. It was a disappointment because she looked to be the best horse in the race the one to take out of the race. But on the day, things didn't work out. And that is just typical Goodwood, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It is It is typical Goodwood. I mean, she she was lunging for the gap uh, when the cutaway came. And Ramor on above the curve just leant down on his right and squeezed and shut the door. And that was the end of it. Um, she was travelling well at the time. I think she was going to nip through. And I think, it, to be honest, I think she would have won if she got the gap. Um but look, that's the danger of three-year-olds against their elders. It's just they're not as much, they don't have the match practice, they're not as savvy, probably not as tough, not as physically big. Just get squeezed out. There was only a gap for one to go through the door. And above the curve, Ryan Moore went through the through the door first. And that, that was the end of it. But she's very good. She is very good because she battled on afterwards and ran on. And she'll... <sighs> I think she'll emerge a better filly for it because she'll she'll toughen up a bit and um, you know wherever they go with their next, she's she's definitely not one to give up on. But that's the nature of Gibbard. Yeah. And uh, look, you've got to applaud them for for coming. Um, you know, pe- plenty of people pointed the finger on the jockey, but it can happen to anyone. You can see really good jockeys have the same problem. You know, um, I think he he did fairly little wrong. Um, just it, it it didn't. You know, she lacked the three strides of tactical speed or now to, yeah. to go for it. And, you know, a few people said to me, oh, you know, there was a tiny gap. He, he really should have been more aggressive to go for the gap. And, but you don't really want to light a filly up that far out either. Cause she, she would have shot through and suddenly had a length lead and then got swallowed up. So um, it's just a perfect storm really. And nothing went right. And it's one of those things, but now that she, she's definitely the one to take out the race. And Nashua disappointing in 30, Held every chance down the outside, didn't she? Yeah, she got very warm beforehand. So I think that's probably the reason. Um, you know, she she travelled into the race fine, but um, she looked like a filly that had done her running but when she got to the furlong pole. And, um, you know, she'll she'll live to fight a better day. It was a much better race than the race she won 12 months ago. Um, but look, I, th- I think all the, the front three or four are very good smart fillies and all win their share of races. Um, going forward, it's just good that we got to see the match and got to see them all take each other on. Let's have a quick look back at Wednesday if we can, because I know there'll be some winners in there you 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 really enjoyed. Big Evs 
one for Mick Appleby. You know, winning a, a race like that, a Group Three, uh, having won at, at Royal Ascot, he, he you know came out and proved himself again, and and it's so big for the yard. And, and Mick looked really delighted to win that. Yeah, I saw Mick and John Lee afterwards, and um, they were playing golf yesterday. But let's uh, match it for them. They've had an Ascot winner and a Goodwood winner in the same year, so mm. it's great with a with a really really tough tough horse. Um, uh, and the owner's a big personality, he's a big supporter of Les Air. He, I think he had up to 20 plus horses with Les Air. Wow. Um, and he's got Bebber for Flyer and this fellow and a few others with Mick now. So hopefully he'll be a big kind of supporter of their yard going forward. And, you know, Mick and Johnny are a, a remarkably talented team and, and, and you know, it just shows what they can do if they give them the right horses. I mean, they don't train two-year-olds, really. And we had a joke around Bahrain. We were talking about why don't they, because Johnny's been very keen for them to train two-year-olds for a long time. And, and you know, it just shows you the <laughs> with the first proper crop what they can actually do. And, you know, the owner was was offered a million pounds for 50% share of that horse after Ascot. Wow. And he turned it, he turned it down. So God knows what he's worth now. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to go to the Nunthorpe now, potentially, yeah. um, and take on Highfield Princess. Um, which would be a, a fun watch. Um, I don't think Jason Hart's that keen on that happening because he rides them both. But um, <laughs> look, it's exciting times for them and exciting times for um, for the Appleby team. It was nice to see Flora Bermuda get her win. I know I, I mentioned her, you know, as well as yourself on the podcast before, saying that she's been unlucky. She not had the, the run of the races so far, and she absolutely scooted home at five to one. Uh, it was lovely to see her get a victory. Yeah, she's very talented. I mean, we knew that um, um, she was unlucky in that Beverly race and then it tipped her up in the Queen Mary and she won her side. Yeah. And then we dipped, tipped her up again early in the week and she, she, I didn't, do you know what? On the day I really didn't fancy her. I thought the, the ground had just gone against her, but she got across to the, and scooty clear against the standside rail and in the style of a really good filly. And, um, you know, it's actually at the Baldings Yard the weekend before Ascot. And I don't think she had the smoothest prep into um, the Queen Mary, so you can kind of up, up, upgrade that performance in its own right. Anyway, so I think she's, um, I think she's definitely a filly to stay on the right side of for the rest of the season. And finally, from Wednesday, Paddington delivered not only on the course, but he also delivered off the course. I think, you know, with the, the the character figure turning up and having his photo taken and videos taken with Aiden, even with Paul Smith, one of the uh, the owners of, of, of down there at Bally Doyle. Uh, and just getting the kids involved and the next generation and Paddington wins again. What was Frankie thinking though? I mean, they were, even Ryan said, what was he doing taking me on that far out? I don't know. I mean, I think they were um, probably trying to worry him out of it. I mean, there was a, just after the first or second race, there was um, just by the paddock, John and Thady Goldston were in deep conversation just next to the owners and trainers. There's a kind of um, a bit of shelter there. And they were both in deep conversation. I just wonder whether they even talking about whether they took Inspiral out, but they, they let her take her chance. Wow. I'm not sure she she just picked up on that ground. It was too too soft for her. Um, the friend, And the French horse nearly came and mugged. Yeah. But he just pulled out more. He's just he's such a likable horse. And, um, you know, his, his head carriage is far less evident this time around. Um and, you know, I'd said that I, th- I thought he might win, but he might be vulnerable late on to something, lunges with his head in the air. And I thought that was going to happen when the French horse came, you know, 
made his challenge away from him, which I think was a clever move anyway. Um, but look, I think the, the the rail was definitely the place to be, and Paddington and Ramor just pulled out more and got the job done. But yeah, it was an impressive performance. Okay, it's been pretty good so far. Glorious Goodwoods. Not been that glorious weather-wise, and I know you've been down there as well. You've got a soaking one day and then sunburn the next sort of thing. It's uh, typical Goodwood as well. Not only unlucky horses, but the weather changes just so quickly. Let's see what happens on Saturday, the final day. It's a long week, isn't it? I mean, Tuesday to Saturday. There's an awful lot of uh, walking around and racing to concentrate on. But we're going to try and cover the TV races here, the first four at Goodwood on Saturday, starting at one fifty. then with the uh, Stewart's Cup Sprint Consolation Race. It's only 14 of them decided to go for the consolation. So uh, not quite as difficult as the 28 in the Stewart's Cup itself. And, and as I guess, there's been money recently for this Zaman Jamil for Harry and Roger Charlton because they've got Ryan Moore booked for the first time. They've had a few jockeys on there. Danny Tutto, Frankie, Richard Kingscote, Trevor Whelan have all ridden Zaman Jamil and he won last time out up at Thursk over six and it seems to be round about three to one favourite 24 hours in advance. Monsieur Cody's in there for Richard Fahey. Count Otto just called me Pete. Living the moment. Capote's dream also in the lineup. And of course, the trainers have to enter the horses, not only for the Stewart's Cup, but for the consolation as well. 14 of them lining up for the opener, Bill. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing to say is the weather, because um, we're recording this on Friday, and the weather set fair on Friday, so we're soft, good to soft in places. So the ground, the ground will start to dry out. It always dries out quite quick at Goodwood, and um, it'll be drying out all of Friday. So there's a very good chance we'll wake up on Saturday morning with it good to soft. <clears throat> um, potentially even good in places. You know, you're really drying out quite fast. But the forecast for Saturday is shocking. It's a copy and paste job um, of Wednesday with the same wind, but more rain. If the forecast is to believed, you know, you're talking 10 to 20 mils territory of rain. So when that falls is key. Um, it could fall at any time. It makes punting very hard on Saturday because if the rain misses or comes late, you could have one of the earlier races run on decent ground and then the later races run on terrible ground. And, and um, yeah, so that's just, just a big kind of caveat. I, I'm working on the basis that it won't take much rain to open that ground back up again and it to be pretty hard work. Um, and if the forecasts are to believe, and that's the big if, it'll come early-ish and... I'm working. I'm looking for soft ground horses on on Saturday. I think you need to you need to tread carefully, and you need to look for tough, resilient horses that can go on the ground, that can handle the track, and can cope with conditions. And they're they're few and far between. Um, and yeah, it's 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 proper small stakes, swinging the bat carefully job on, on Saturday. I mean, starting with the with the Stewart Sprint that you, that you led into. Um, look, Zaman Jamil's probably unexposed three-year-old probably much better than a 92 horse but it's whether you want to take three to one about him in a race like this um very likely winner um on an upward curve got the job done nicely last time at first um got to step up again and cope with the seven pound rise but ryan moore will um have him in the perfect position um the other thing you've got to remember is that 
earlier in the week, the favour part of the track was definitely the stand side. They might start to abandon it soon as he gets chewed up. Um, so Ryan's probably in the right slot down the middle in eight, but look, he's just not, he's no value at that price. Um, yeah, the rain comes. I'd be surprised if the old boy Count Otto takes his chance. He's, in, he's normally a non-runner when it's good to soft, let alone when it goes worse than that. So um, he's, he'll probably end up coming out. Um, Monsieur Cody would cope with it. Um, just Call Me Pete would be my first swing of the bat. Um, he's um, progressive. He's, he's drawn track one. Who knows whether that's good or bad? But he's 17 to two each way with William Hill, five places. And that was my first each way play. Um, he's got a good kid, Joey Levy, taking seven pounds off, which is an interesting play. So in essence, he's running off a mark of, of 79. Um, the blinkers didn't work two starts back, but they kind of worked last time. Um, once a bit of cut in the ground, still a maiden. He won four on the all-weather back-to-back um, uh, over the winter. And then he's still a maiden on the turf, but came within a short head of breaking out of Newmarket last time. Um the kid taking the weight off will really help. Um, I just thought he is an interesting player. So I will play him. And if conditions is to get really bad, which I think they could do, um, the other one I'm going to play is Music Society at 14 to 1 for the Easterby camp. David Allen um, riding. I'm always interested when, when, when Tim Easterby brings one down here. Now, his form on... Soft and heavy. If you look at the last, you know, his last ten runs, he's counted soft and heavy on on two occasions, and he's finished second on both of those two two runs. His best two two runs. So when the mud flies, um, he, he's at his best. Um, the two previous times he encountered a soft, where he was he was third and first um, at Catterick. So he's he's a useful useful horse when the rain comes. Um, he's slipped down to a mark of eighty one, which I think is 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 a very workable mark. He has to run off eighty three here, so um, he's worse off at the, at the at the weights because of the early entry stage. But um, doesn't bother me too much. Um, things happened a bit too quick at York for him last time. I thought him at fourteen to one and just call me Pete each way at seventeen to two was the way to play the first. Um, many a star, if the, if it was to stay really quick, which I don't think it will, is interesting because he goes so well at Goodwood and was just touched off in the race twelve months ago. But he's just not effective on soft ground, and with the forecast way it is, I'll just stick with the two soft ground horses, Music Society and Just Call Me Pete. Okay, that's the opening on Saturday at Glorious Goodwood two twenty five. Mile and three quarter coral summer handicap with a maximum field of 14 at the moment. We've seen a few non runners over the week and expect more on the weekend, depending on the weather, as Bill was saying. Now, Sweet William was well fancied running off 88 over two miles at Newbury a couple of weeks ago, and, and uh, he delivered by three lengths for the Gosden and Rob Havlin in the saddle. Sweet William won two in a row and is likely to be a pretty uh, Short price favourite compared to the rest in this 225. Adjuvant goes there for Michael Bell. Uh, he has a little bit of form on soft. He was second behind HMS President Alan Kingshorse, also in this race as well. And uh, he won that race at Newmarket 7th of May on soft going, but then he was second on good to firm. So he's pretty flexible in this one. But Sweet William looked a good thing. Uh, off 88, he's gone up to 95 and now faces potentially totally different ground. Don't see him ever winning on, on the soft so far. So five to two, he's going to be a bit short, isn't he, for you? He's he's potentially a bit short, but he's 
super talented. I mean, he's won his last couple by four plus and three three lengths. Um, it was the way he scooted clear of good horses last time at Newbury in that two mile handicap. You know that the likes of Novel Engine and Nathaniel Green and uh, and the likes were all trailing in his wake. Um, look, he's he's progressive. Um, it's just whether the rain comes. It's it's a bit. Um, deja vu is the conversation we've just had. You know, we, yeah. we we saw when you get these smart stairs when they, when they don't go on the ground, they they don't go on the ground. Uh, we saw that with Courage Monami in the, in the Goodwood Cup early in the week. You know, you've got a warm favourite of of same connections, and then he ends up paddling and treading water. And I'm not saying this horse will, but look, if it was good ground, I think he'd be fifteen to eight, seven or four, um, and I'd probably be finding it hard to to tip against him but he's he there's a very good chance sweet william will turn out to be a group horse yeah and um you know off a mark of 95 he, he's going to be effective in a race like this but i can't possibly go for him with a conditions forecast to pay the way they are um he's a Lazio for G- gary moore has rattled off you know i think he's won four of his last five um you know he's he's um He's a smart, smart horse. Um, that's effective over the jumps, um, as well as the flat. Um, whether he really wants bad ground, um, I'm not so sure. The last time he encountered um, hmm. bad, bad ground was when he chased home Rare Edition at Kempton. You'll on, see that on, 44 lengths behind Rare Edition at Kempton. Yeah, on, on Boxing Day, that was when the. <laughs> When the rain came, so that's a slight negative um, for him, but he's but he's progressive. But look, I I I, I thought this was a, a really interesting race, and I, I I'm going to play one. I, I quite fancy one at a big price, and um, I'm going to have quite a decent bet each way on Yukon Glen. He's twenty five mm-hmm. to one across the board, and everyone you're going to look at me and think you've, you've finally lost it, even though you probably hold up horse at Goodwood. Yeah, that's easy to me, and no problem. Uh, now, I'm backing a horse who's got form figures of nine six 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 three four zero three seven three seven two six five four zero four zero zero eight. It's like a telephone number, um, but I just think there's a reason to think that he could go really well um, in a race like this. Now, the first thing is his handicap mark. Now. This is a very talented horse, a middle age age of 10, but he's down to a mark in the 90s, so he's rated 96, so he's completely collapsed, but uh, his mark has. He has really good Goodwood form, and he ran in this race 12 months ago on the back of a shocker, on the back of finishing virtually tailed off at Chester, and he turned up off a mark of 102, so six pounds... um, higher than his mark he lines up on Saturday behind Trawler Man and he cantered all on fast ground I think he's more effective when the mud flies anyway um, but he cantered all over the back of them and just the gaps didn't open did, didn't get through uh, ran on he was beaten a length and a quarter by Trawler Man and then he went off to finish went on to finish seventh in the Ebor after that off the same mark of 102 now this season, there's bits and bobs of form. He was uh, fourth to Cahava at Air, um, off off ninety nine, so a three pound um, higher mark, um, and you know that was only a, a couple of starts back. Um, hasn't run terrifically in two since mile and a half at Haydock and two miles at, at, at Newbury, but his his marks come down accordingly, so he's, he's three pounds lower. Um, but 
you know, his as I said, his three Goodwood runs. That run behind Trollerman was was a really good one. He was beaten uh, neck behind Passion and Glory in the um, Queen's Plate here the year before. Um, so two consecutive very strong runs at Glorious Goodwood. Um, and had previously, um, the year before that, uh, finished fifth to Stradivarius in a Goodwood Cup. So we just know there's something about the course. He just seems to travel. Um, the undulations and the rolling around seems, seems to bring out a fair something in him. Just He seems to, to, to go forward. Um, every firm is 25 to 1 at the time of recording. Every firm is, well, every firm is it. The bulk of firms, I can see everyone, including, well, Skybet are five places, but every other firm is four places, but Skybet are 25 is five places. Um, I think he's a knocking bet. I think he's going to run really well. Um, there's always a chance horses like this have gone, but um, he'll sit in behind them. I don't think the conditions will bother him. Um, I just think we'll see a better showing from Yukon Glenn. So he is a strong selection for me at 25 to 1. Um, I've backed him. I will back him again. Um, I will hold my head up in high and say to you on the podcast next week, I got it completely wrong um, if I have got it wrong. But I just can see him completely outrunning those odds at 25 to 1. Um, and, you know, at the time of recording, he's that price across the boards. Sweet William is shortening up all the way across the boards. You know, he's twos, all the five to two is gone. Wow. Um, look, he might be a group horse. Good luck to him. I'd rather back Adjuvant at seven to one than I would Sweet William. Um, and I probably would do. I thought that was a, um, he was interfered with in the um, Northumberland plate the t- last time on the all weather, but previously uh, won well at Newmarket. He's up to a mark of 95. Frankie in the saddle, handle soft ground as he showed a Newmarket time before when he was just touched off by HMS President. Um, I think I'll play two in the race. I'll play Adjuvant each way at sevens, and I will play Yukon Glen each way at 25. There we go. 25 to 1 shot each way. Uh, and he always seems to be there somewhere at the finish anyway. So, And he's a lovable horse. So uh, good luck with uh, Paul Morrennan, of course. He's regular jockey on board for Jim Goldie. On Saturday at 3 o'clock is the Group 2 Qatar Lily Langtry Stakes over a mile and three quarters. Only eight in the end deciding to turn up for this. And free wins going to be very popular in the betting. For John and Thady Gosden, Frankie on board, fifth behind Pile Driver and the Hardwick at Royal Ascot. Before that, won four in a row, and uh, she's in good form. She even won that race at Haydock when she won the Lancashire Oaks, having been pushed into the fence a couple of furlongs out. She battled back and regained the lead and actually won it in the end. The River of Stars takes on for Rafe Beckett, winner up at York back in May. When she won the Group 3 Philly Stakes. Time lock. Have we run out of luck? And time with time lock keeps seem to be going off very short. And she never seems to be able to deliver for the, the Charltons. they got Ryan Moore on board again this time around. He actually rode her hate up when uh, they, they met up with Free Wind the last time he was on board. Uh, and, and others in there as well. But Free Wind, she's 115. She's uh, the, the highest rated should she be able to win this? She has one on soft as well, so the ground doesn't hold any fears for her. Yeah, lots to like about Free Wind. I think she's going to take um, a fair bit of beating, but she's not totally invincible, and she's pretty short price. Um, she carries a penalty here, so she's got nine eleven. Um, it's, 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 it's just a price thing. 
I mean, she's even money in most places, six to five with Hills. Um, stars and time look, look, look her obvious dangers. Um, it's not a great betting race uh, from my perspective. Um, I think she will probably win, but I wouldn't want to back her. Um, like you say, she's proven on the soft. She's proven over the trip. She won over further at Donny. Um, it's just whether we see the real her. There's no reason to think we won't. And she's won a good wood as well, didn't she? Won there by nine lengths. So yeah, yeah. So so look, if if, if you like short ones, she's she's probably your one. Um, I am going to chance my arm on one at a big price here. Sumo Sam, who's twenty five to one with Paddy Power. 22s and 20s across the boards. Uh, a three-year-old filly down the bottom for um, Paul and Oliver Cole, trained by, uh, trained by those guys and ridden by Neil Callan. Um, look, on the form book, she's got miles to find. Um, she's rated nearly 20 pounds inferior to, to free wind. Um, but she gets a stone in weight. She's only three. She definitely wants the cut in the ground. Definitely kind of wants this trip. Um, she ran well at Newmarket when she countered soft ground back in May. Um, and then just got a bit outpaced by Gregory at Ascot in the um, Queen's Vars. Um, two darts back, and last time a mile and a half was just too short at, at Ascot, but <laughs> ran well to be third at Goodwood um, back in June again on over too short a trip, mile and a quarter on fast ground. I just want to see her back on a soft surface over a trip. I, I'd rather this was, you know, a kind of handicap and she was getting chunks of weight, but she's still getting a stone. Um, and I think the price is big. So, look, I think free win of the older fillies will probably be too good for her, but I would chance my arm with her uh, small each way at 25s, and I think she can go well. The uh, classic race on Saturday is really the uh, Coral Stewards Cup, six furlongs. I mean, it's been around for forever. It's a heritage handicap. The maximum 28 field got in. There was a consolation race earlier on on Saturday afternoon, as we mentioned as well, for those that didn't make the grade. And Orazio is popular once again, and very popular. If I look at the best place odds at the moment, 11-2, to 2, I can see, for Charlie Hillsman, who was well-supported, went off 7-2 to 2, favourite for the Wokingham and Royal Ascot, finished 6, so you think, oh, disappointing, but only beaten 2.5 lengths by St. Lawrence. Previously had won a couple over 6 at Ascot, uh, won a handicap there, won also a handicap a new market over six. So it had been in good form going into Ascot and wasn't beaten far in the end. Jim Crowley takes over from William Buick this time. Bielsa, who's always uh, competitive in this kind of races, has got Ryan Moore on board for Kevin Ryan, having won at York, beating Lethal Levi two runs ago. And it was 10th uh, in the uh, Wokingham, but only three and a quarter lengths behind the winner. So it really was a tight finish. We've got Al Bashir going for Archie Watson in this one. Kings Lynn. Well, you know my thought on Kings Lynn. Keeps getting beat down the field. His Majesty the King and Her Majesty the Queen, the owners for Andrew Balding. But doesn't get beaten far and always gives you like a furlong where you think today he's going to win. He's, he's, he never does win. Maybe he'll surprise everybody. And winning. Summerhand ran rock on well last time out behind Abarama Gold, who's also in the field when Abarama Gold won up at York in that Skybet Dash, what, uh, just last weekend. And Sharon Le Pant is in there as well for Mick Appleby, uh, having uh, run third 
in that Wokingham race, only beaten a length and a quarter. So there's a lot of Wokingham horses coming into this that weren't beaten too far, So which means they were very close to each other on that occasion. How on earth do you see this 28-runner field, Bill? Not easy is, is, the, is the obvious starting point. <laughs> um, look, Orazio deserves to be favourite. It, it was a fair run. He, was, he was, did all the running on his own near the stand side um, but in the Wokingham at Ascot. Um, off the mark of 102 repairs off the same mark on the ground that is going to be a lot softer, which he wants. It was probably too quick for him at Ascot, probably didn't let himself down on the far surface. Um, he is progressive. Charlie Hills won the race a couple of times before with well fancied ones. He won it obviously with Magical Mary and Mary and won it with Cardem. Um, and this horse feels that he's cut from a similar cloth. Um, it's just the price thing he's five to one um but if he was 10 12 to one i'd be all over him but at that price i'm prepared to let him go i think he's the most likely winner um the draw whether whether low is the place to be that's where they chose um i think they're working on the basis that um everyone will have abandoned the favored near side rail um you know they'll probably split into two groups and they'll probably you know they're, they're feeling that Orazio and Kings Lynn and, and 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 the fancied ones will will be happy over on the on the on the low side over on the far side as it were. Um, look, I'm I, I'm not so sure. I I, I don't. I'm, I, I personally feel that some of the faster ones like Bielsa might be drawn against the stand side, so they're drawn high. But you you don't really know. Um, I will abandon Horazio at the price. I think he's the most likely winner, but I won't take him on. Um, I will go for. Mr. Wagyu at 20 to 1. Um, I. You're shaking your head. <laughs> in, in this I've given up on him after Epsom. I know he yeah, ran he, well at Epsom, and I know he was in front a bit too early, but. God. Yeah, he's he's well, just a, pri- a price team with Mr. Wagyu. My logic behind Mr. Wagyu, listen, he's 20 to 1, and you get a, fa- a fair chunk of places um, with Mr. Wagyu. And he hasn't. You know, found his form this season. Nine seven seven his last three runs, but his mark he slipped down to a mark of ninety five, um, and he began the season off marks in the hundred. And I actually, as John Quinn, will his his team are in much better form. Yeah, they've had a couple of winners of Goodwood already at the time of recording. They might well have another one with Highfield Princess. So Empire State stayed in mind, ran all right at Ascot on the weekend. They just seem to be coming back, and. That's really interesting for Mr. Wagyu because you know he 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 is a horse who is effective at Goodwood and he was tenth in the race last year off a mark of one hundred and six. Um, so you know, put that in your pipe. It's you know twelve pounds lower than he was in the race twelve months ago. Um, and previously, if you go back further than that, I won the consolation race here um, back in twenty twenty one off a mark of of ninety one. So the reality is he's he's actually in here of four pounds higher than when he won the consolation race. He's a better horse than that. He's eight years old. He handles the, the soft ground. It was soft ground that day. Um, his last run was woeful on fast ground at first, but previously he was seventh, beaten two and a bit lengths in that in that Ascot um, Wokium, which is a fair run. Um, he was prominent in the race 12 months ago. I just think he's going to run well. Um, and 
yeah, I thought 20 to 1 was too big <clears throat> for him. He's drawn 14, so he's right the way down the middle. So whatever bias is established, he can go wherever he wants. So if he wants to go low, he can go low. If he wants to go high, he can go high. So, um, yeah, just just a just a nice nice kind of position for him. So he he would get my first dart at the board. Um, and I think actually being an older, experienced horse like the age of eight kind of helps in a race like this sometimes. Um, a bit battle-hardened. Um, I liked him. <laughs> um, my last dart, it was a coin toss between going for Bielsa um, and Summerhand. And it was probably going to be Bielsa, but his price has just shortened and shortened and shortened. And, and the 18s has become 16s, has become 14s, and now best price 12s. Uh, Ryan Moore booked to ride. It's obvious why people will go for Bielsa, but he's just a bit too skinny. And I'm prepared to go for Summerhand at 18s. Now, he wouldn't want loads of rain. He can kind of cope with it, but um, he's just a horse that has, has seen his mark come down and come down and come down. And he just showed some sign of life at York last time. Um, he ran on behind Abraama Gold, and um, he's just a horse that I think could be effective under, under conditions. Former winner of this race, don't, don't forget that. He was ninth in the race last year, um, but former winner of this race back in 2020. So um, it was kind of black and white when he won this race, but um, it beat Kimmy 5. <laughs> that was off a mark of 108. Um, and at his best, he was operating in, in, in marks at around 111, 112, I think, was the high um, in an air, air gold cup. But, you know, you, you take a mark 112 and say he's running off 100 here, which he is. Um, you know, he's he, he's just entitled to run well. Um, and I thought I'd rather take a chance on those two. Him him at 18 and Mr. Wagyu at 20 and um, watch Orazio bolt up. Well, thanks, Bill. Good luck with Mr. Wagyu in particular and the rest of your selections on the final day of Glorious Goodwood 2023, those four races on ITV on Saturday afternoon. That's all from us for today and indeed for this week. We hope you've enjoyed our bonus podcast for the Glorious Goodwood week. Bill's been in pretty good form finding some of those winners and indeed the Quinellas as well. So uh, it's been terrific fun. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back again next Friday as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure you join us then if you can. Don't forget you can visit the City AM website for all the latest news and Bill Esdell's horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a good weekend. Bye for now.